guys, welcome to the last cast. We are going to do everything different in this episode. Why would we do that? Well, because today is 100 episodes for us. We are so, so excited to share this episode with you. We basically, Tusty, me, and Erica sit around the table and just talk about some of the things we've learned over the years in this industry. So lots of nuggets there. That's going to be in the second half of the podcast. The first half of the podcast, we actually talk about some of our favorite episodes, and we share one of our favorite moments. We actually have the audio from it that we share that with you, and just kind of a little bit reminiscing, but always with the goal to give you guys some value, some tips, some ideas of what you can do. So hopefully this episode's not just something you're like, oh, they're just going to talk about themselves. No, actually, we're really trying to share with you the lessons we learned and the things that can help you. So if you're looking for a highlight reel, by the way, this episode's going to be great for that. You're going to find out a lot of the episodes that we think you should be watching and you should uh, go back and see. So if you're newer to us, this is a great way to say, no, I can't watch all 100 or listen to all 100. But yeah, five or six of them, yeah, absolutely. I'll go back and listen to those. So anyway, guys, I hope you really enjoy this. It was a blast for us. It's something really special to hit 100. I don't know real the magic why behind it it's just a nice number it sounds good and you know to do 100 of these it, it's taking us three years guys it's not something we did in a week or two three years of doing this we started this back way back in 2017 so anyhow guys thanks so much for being along for the ride for us one quick announcement we're gonna be wrapping this up soon it's a holiday season i know you got a lot going on but we still are selling some tickets for the replay for LashCon 2020 it's all the content. The only thing missing is the party, which I didn't think you guys would really want to see a party. It's kind of boring to watch people party. So instead, all the other stuff, though, all the speakers, everything is online. It's available, and you can watch it at your own leisure for up to two months. So lots of time. Just go to the link in their bio on Instagram, and you can buy the ticket, and you can also do the payment plan. So you don't have to pay it all right now. It's $209. You can split up the three payments, so it's less than um, like 70 or bucks an appointment, or 70 bucks now, another 70 next month, and next 70 in February. So you can spread it out, make it really easy on I promise you this is the best thing you can do for your business as this year wraps up give you that shot in the arm give you what you need to make 2021 a great success so that all said guys i hope you enjoy this episode a lot there for you to digest and let's get into it now Welcome to LashCast and welcome to the 100th episode. Woo! Yes! All right, guys. We are so excited. We've been just anxiously, I've been anxious, I should say, waiting for this moment to hang out with you two. Erica's here. Tustin's here. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Hey, hey. It's kind of like, you know, it's like a rite of passage, right? It's yeah. like a button. Or a, a badge. It's like turning 13, becoming a teenager, becoming 21, having your 100th episode. Yeah. You know, for me, having your first kiss when it was like, <laughs> I was like 25, I think, or whatever it was. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Tusney, yeah. There wasn't a lot. I'll just I'll say that. I'll just say I won't go into my dating history. It was a pretty sad history. That all said, but I somehow scored the prize. Aww. So even though I wasn't one of those guys out dating a thousand women, 
Oh, I got the very best that one could find. Sweetheart, so. you my prize. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. So that said, we are at the 100th episode, and we really want to make this special. We want to look back at the, this episode because we have so much to be thankful for. All you who listen and have been supporting us for these years, it means so much. I mean, we get DMs from you all the time. We get emails, questions, thank yous, encouragement. And without you guys, obviously, we would have no podcast. You know, making recordings and putting them online with no one listening makes for a very boring life. So we do this for love you guys and support you guys. So we want to show a little bit, kind of like some of the things that we've, you know, some, some mistakes, some things we've learned. Actually, the biggest part of this is going to be the lessons we've learned just being in this industry. Hopefully you'll find that will be kind of like, the, I think, the heart of this talk. Because I think for you guys, we want to make sure we don't just talk about us, but we're giving you guys value and giving you guys real things that you can take as you go through your journey in lashes and you can learn from our mistakes so we're going to share a lot about that but we're also going to share some of our favorite episodes bit worse things that we've done whatever and point you so you can go back and maybe check out some of these episodes because some of them are really really good and you guys can learn a lot i think from some of them and we'll point you back because if you just start listening you're gonna like holy crap i don't have time to listen to 100 episodes so just the hit single right so we're gonna give you the hit yeah, single we're gonna give you the hit single so that all said let's get into it we have a lot to cover and hopefully you guys enjoy this ride so let's get into the first very first thing I want to talk about, which is really, when did this all start and why did it all start? There's two things. So first, the why. Mm-hmm. The why was really our origin of what we did. And I, I want to share this because hopefully this is for you if, as a listener, as you're looking at your business and what you're trying to do, you need to have a why. You need to have something that's an impetus that kind of pushed you over the edge, that got you into what you're doing. Because if you, there's no why, you're going to just, if you're just saying, oh, this will make me a lot of money or this will be really fun, but I don't really know why the fun will wear out because the real work will come and if there's no money in it podcasting no offense guys not a big money maker then you'll just quit you'll just burn out and you'll and maybe worse be bitter and angry we don't want you to do that so the why for us for the longest time Tusney I felt like was the best treasure in the last industry had never heard of and I just felt like all these years working with her she started alone in 2005 and then basically got integrity lash in 2006 and we hired our first staff in 2009 and by then it was all crazy growth and so forth and she had all these unique ways of doing lashes very unique style unique vision for for beauty and I felt like the way you did lashes were always being knocked down like you were saying, I do it this way. And I was like, oh, that's bad. That's horrible. So much so that when Tusney was in the very first Lash Wars, you want to share your experience with Lash Wars? How well were you received there? I was not. I got my scorecard back and it was like zero, zero, zero. Yeah. And you know what? It was a flash. It was like a quickening moment for me because I realized I wasn't demoralized. I wasn't demoralized that my vision wasn't received it just kind of put a fire underneath me because I knew that it worked and I knew that it was paying my bills. And I just knew I wasn't in front of the right audience. Yeah, and the problem is that back in the old days, and we'll just say back, we're talking about 2012, 2013, there was this concept. There's only one way of doing anything. One way of doing lashes, one way of tape putting tape down, one way of doing glue, one way of everything. And if you did anything that varied out of that, you were damned and, and You were and marked down, yeah. And so you did things differently, and so you scored horribly. Yeah. And it was the same thing when you go into Facebook groups. If you shared different opinions, I'd go on and be like, toy flame me. Like, who are you? You don't know what you're doing. And I'm like... 
By the way, I have a team of like that time, like eight people working with us. We're doing like $600,000 in business. We have a waiting list. We have lots of clients. I, I, maybe I know a thing or two. I, I'm just saying, maybe I've done something. Meanwhile, you're, no offense, you're a single practitioner who's only half booked and you're out shaming everyone on what you think. And I just felt like we're doing some things right. And there is, and as you said, this is, I've always said, lashes are not a moral dilemma. It's not like people are like. It's not, it's not right and wrong. It's just different colors. Yeah. You can pick whatever color you want. One's not better than the other. You were, you were just doing something so different that I feel like people weren't ready to, they didn't know how to even think about mm. it or receive it. Yeah. But I mean, like you're saying, the staff that you built, this client list that you built and how I found you guys, I saw your pictures and I was like, what the heck are they doing? Like it looked so, I'm like, those are classic lashes. It looked so beyond what I'd ever seen. And I knew I was like, I have to know how to do that. Yeah. And that's why I began to realize you had something very special. And then when I saw that the staff was growing and people really liked you once they got into the business and they liked what we were doing, the clients loved our work. And your focus was always on longevity and a real natural, more subtle type work and style. And I always say the great work in life is usually the stuff that has subtlety to it. Mm -hmm. It's not being painting with the biggest brush or the most loud colors. It's the one that can see the nuance, the little details. That's what makes art so amazing and you had that and so that's really for me that began to get me thinking like we need to get you out there and you know we tried some training coaching or training and we did okay we got students to sign up for us here and out they came and our first training by the way was a month-long training it was like two days and then you went home and you practiced and you came back for another sunday and you did more one more training and then you go home train so we did like six sessions over a month and it was really quite unique but the industry wasn't ready for it it was really hard to sell most people want two-day training and so it was out of the box but that's the stuff that you did and so i was like well you know what we really need to let the world know and then we you know we became a team-based pay salon that was different in the salon in the last world for sure and so for all these things that are different i just felt like there needed to be a voice for that and i basically was inspired i want to give credit to where credit's due it's LaShawn Lee Evans, if you don't know who she is. She actually was the founder of Lash Attic Radio. She is the, she the first, very, first. very first podcaster in our lash industry. We were number two. Uh, unless someone can show me differently. I've yet to, everyone else I know, and I'm friends with almost all the podcasters out there in one way or another, at least in the acquaintance. We, we were number two. We Our first episode aired on January 2018. January, I forget which day, almost three years ago. So she beat us by two years. I mean, that's crazy. That's October great. 13, 2015. Her first guest, by the way, is Hillary Brand. So Ooh. those of you who know Hillary or are a fan of Hillary Brand or my brand lashes, well, she actually moved on now, but that says she, her company's still around. And so that all said, Lash Attic Radio, we give a shout out to LaShawn Lee Evans. I've never met her. I don't know her personally, but I definitely want to let people know where the first podcast was and that we were number two. And what about Shelby? Shelby's number three. She came in, I think, about one or two months after us. We came out in January. I believe her first episode was February or March. You know what it's like? It, this this discussion kind of reminds me of, like, twins. And one's like, I, well, I was born first. Yeah. I was three minutes before you. <laughs> you know, it's now, like, like says, what do you care about any of this? I'm like a guy. I'm a competitive. I want to be first. Now, are we the number one podcast in the lasting world? No. I, I Right now, from everything I understand, I'll give shout-out to two of our other friends, Liv Bay. They're doing some amazing things, Mike and Shauna. Their podcast is huge. And then number two, or might be number one, is actually the Beauty Biz BFFs. Lorena mm-hmm. and uh, Casey have their podcast, and they're doing some great stuff over there. And by the way, 
just so people know, we're, I'm not resentful of that. I'm not angry at that. I actually see that as a target for us to aim for because they're killing it. They're doing great work and we can do the same and we can be a friendly competition where we try to do better ourselves and continue to grow as artists or as podcasters and try to do a better job. So just a little something for you guys, same way you can treat your last competition as healthy competition that helps to push you to be a better last artist, but not solely have to hate them or wish them ill or hope they fail, which is silly. I just think that's bad, bad thinking. Truly like we all make each other better at the end of the day. And we all have something different to offer. Like I love that we started around the same time as Shelby. We'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. <laughs> and she was so different. And that's like the coolest thing at the end of the day is that, and most people who listen to us consistently listen to the other ones, those other ones consistently yeah. too. Yeah. So it's like all of their boxes are being checked and they're getting the most well-rounded free coaching. Yeah. <laughs> like it's pretty phenomenal. I love it so much. No, it is. It is really, you can get a little bit different from every podcast. And I think all of us are trying to make sure we do different things. We're not trying to be copycats of each other. We all want to have our own style. So it's, it's really kind of cool. Now, so for me, basically going back to my why is, you know, basically I just wanted to get Tessa's information out there and open up the industry and let people know there are more ways of doing things than what we have right now. Right now, back in 2015, 2016, it was a very narrow view, I think, of lashing. I actually think in a lot of ways, I won't give us credit for this but because i know so many other people have the same kind of mission like cheryl from untamed i know uh basically i know um, mike and shauna have the same thing from live bay and other people they want to give away training they want to give away help they want to level up the industry and let people Jamie's be creative like that too yeah and be and jamie absolutely jamie last base jamie so his first name is last base last name jamie <laughs> but that's it's so cool to see these changes in our industry that it's grown in a way where there's more reception of ideas techniques and, no, and it's no longer the last police going around you know arresting people and throwing them in covid jail so it's been really kind of cool to see that change that's what motivated me that's why when i came to you and and erica and me too we all talked about this i think it was summer of 2017 we're like we need to do this podcast yeah we need to help get changes and and help open up the industry not close it down and, and limit it but actually open up the possibilities and let more people have a voice and hopefully you guys if you're listening here you're trying things that people have told you you can't do you're motivated to in a sense break the mold and go outside the box and do something different and it's okay you're not gonna go to jail no one's gonna kill you you're free. Like, that's what we want. We want you to be free. So anyhow, that's the why and the when. And now I thought we'd talk about what was for us, at least Tess and I, and I'll maybe, Erica, you may have another one if it comes to mind because I said she knows what I'm about to say. It was our most embarrassing moment for last cast. What did we do that was really – now, no one else knows this but one other person in the world. And that would be Kim James from Borboletta Beauty. We love Kim. She's an amazing person. So generous. Okay, so this is when we were first getting to know each other. So we really, truly didn't have an understanding of, like, how kind she is. And I thought we, she was mean. No, no, no we, were, we, we were starstruck, right? We yeah, just we, did, we didn't know her very well. And we wanted to make a good impression. And so we invited her to uh, interview with us. We had done a short interview at IBS, but it was like a 15, 10, 15-minute 15 interview. And it wasn't much. It wasn't much. And so she's in Utah. We're in Los Angeles. And we made arrangements for her. She was coming out and she generously agreed to be part of our show. So we'd arranged that she was going to come out and we'd interview 
her. And we used to rent a studio with this really nice guy. I loved him. Wonderful engineer. Terribly unorganized. Bless his heart. He just couldn't get it together, right? I mean, if you were an engineer, I think. If you were an engineer, Yeah, I would be this guy. So I actually (laughs) have compassion on him because I understand. You You know, he just can't get it together. Well, he had flaked on us before. And so... We knew him well, and we said, hey, we have a really important interview coming up, so we have to make sure that you're going to be there. Are you going to be there? You cannot cancel on us. He's like, yeah, no problem. Of course, of course. You understand she's a leader in the industry. She's flying out for this event, you know, specifically. You can't. No show on us. No problem. No problem. So we go pick up Kim. She's across town like an hour away. We pick her up. From the airport. And then we go to the studio and we get to the studio and he's not there. He's not there. Oh my (laughs) gosh. We didn't have any recording studios. This was before we had our own setup and we were just mortified. I mean, look, we're all in the car and we're just like, oh, it's such a waste of your time. I'm so sorry. Why don't we drive around and talk about life and show you our salon? So we give her two of our salons. But the cool thing was... She just rolled with it, and it was, and her and Dee Dee, we actually had a good time. It really wasn't embarrassing in the end, but it just was one of those moments. And we haven't had her on still. I know, I know. She's like secretly mad. <laughs> yeah, it's like we still, I mean, I think we tried another time and it fell apart. And another thing, like Last Anarchist, like we tried to get Ali on, and it turned out we've totally messed up the recording. One of the channels didn't record. And so it's like me talking, and then Ali's talking, and then Tuss is all like silent. Like you're just like, oh, someone's talking right now, but we can't hear her. <laughs> it's, I was also at IBS and I feel like that yeah. was like a good one. Like it was it great. Was good, I know. Oh, I know. Allie <laughs> was awesome. We got her crying. I mean, come on. You get someone crying on your podcast. You've done something right. I mean, that was, I mean, actually for me, we just got to know Allie. That was like our real first sit down with her and, what a generous spirit she has and such a kind person because she has this crazy party, you know, kind of persona and you go, well, I don't know if she, is she really nice though. You know, I'll just say we had just interviewed her mom and we yeah. were asking questions and she just, out of the love that she has for her mother and that relationship, she just, her heart broke open and you could see this yeah. joy that she shared with Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was. Yeah. All right, favorite myths that we busted. We love busting myths because, I, like I said, we oh. like to get things outside the box because everyone thinks they have it all figured out and we like to always ask why. Like, And we encourage you. By the way, when we say something or we teach something and we don't give you a why, then you should question it. In fact, you should question it even if we give you a why. Like ask why do you really think that? Why did you say this? Where did you get that? Because I think what happens in our industry, we get a little closed-minded and we think we have it all figured out and we all want to call ourselves master and then we just want to call it a day and move on. And that's just a broken way, I think, to live. And I think it's a broken way to run a business because you can't grow and things change. And we also sometimes have enlightening moments where like, oh my gosh, I'm actually wrong with this issue. And if you're so prideful, you're not going to change. And then that's how you just, I don't know, that's how you become old and grumpy. So I don't want any of you becoming old and grumpy, okay, guys? So be um, growth-minded, be humble, and you're going to find yourself willing to change and bend and mold and go with things. And so we had, I had three episodes I thought I'd highlight for you guys. These are episodes you should go back and watch. But the first one was washing lashes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. The rule was, oh, you're not supposed to get your lashes wet. Don't wet them for 24 to 48 hours in some circle 72. Do not even get steam over them. Yeah. Do not sweat in them. Do not cry Wear goggles in, in the shower. That's right. I did tell my clients don't do that, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Derica, did you know that before you came working for us or did were you kind of camping? I did. I did. And I told clients the same thing. And it's crazy because I thought I knew why, but 
truly, I didn't know why I was telling people. Oh, it's because I was trained that way. Yeah. But I didn't question it. I didn't ask why. I was like, well, that must just be true. <laughs> <laughs> We're all trusting. We like to believe when yeah. people tell us something they mean. And they do mean well. I'm not going to say they don't mean well, but they're just repeating often what they were told. Well, if you don't understand the way that the glue dries, if you think that it dries instead of cures, then it makes sense. Yeah. You don't want to re-wet it, right? Yeah. You want it to fully dry before you get it wet. So it, it seems to make sense. It makes sense logically when you think of glue the traditional way. We just don't realize there's glues that cure just with water. There's glues that cure with light. Mm-hmm. There's glues that like epoxies that you mix two with different pressure. With pressure. Different yeah, things. there's all different ways that glues work and they don't all work like Elmer's. But I think most of us get our glue experience from Elmer's or from like rubber cement, right? <laughs> and that's our glue experience so we figure that's what we're doing and it makes sense. But anyhow, if you guys want to know more about it, go to episode 20 where we talk about great depth on this whole issue, why it works and why it doesn't. Another one, this was pretty close after that, was last damage. We talked about last mm-hmm. damage and how it's the worst thing that happens in our industry, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, everyone, no, but everyone is really scared of damp. Oh, don't put a lash that's too heavy because it will damage the, you know, I just want people to not let this myth have so much power over them. I kind of want you to think about it like fingernails, you know, we paint the entire fingernail right? Not just a tiny little dab on it. Why? I mean, but isn't that damaging? The paint is going over the entire Mm -hmm. nail bed. Technically, yeah, I guess it could be because it's maybe pulling off some of the cuticle of the nail if you are going to pick it off. But most of the time we just dissolve it. But even if it did grow out and you trim that nail, you know, that's technically damaged too. But does it really make a difference? Not really because it grows out. It grows out at such a a fast rate. The eyelashes on our eyeballs are not the same thing as the hair on a head. And so I just want people to think about it differently. Even if you did damage your fingernails, it's really not the worst thing that could happen to you. I mean, we've all had acrylic nails and all peeled them off ourselves and their nails are like tissue paper, you know, but they grow out really quickly. And there's other things that you can do if you do get into that situation. It's the same thing with lashes. For you, Erica, have you seen clients walk in and their lashes are like just so damaged you can never put lashes on them again? Well, yes, but not from extensions. Oh, really? Like from what? Like from strips or? Usually like chemo treatment. Yeah. Where they lost their lashes. But yeah, that was the next thing I was going to say is from drip lashes. Yeah. Where when they're pulling them off at the end of the day, it's pulling out lashes with it. Mm -hmm. But they're still going to grow back at the end of the day. I mean, if somebody's lashes are damaged or cut off, you can still extend them. It doesn't damage the hair. It's, it's, you know. I mean, Tustany said this and this, we'll say this and this will probably to throw a bunch of people listening you had a client the other day new client and she was doing her lashes and she said her lashes are so difficult so hard testing was like it would just been easier if i could just cut them all off and just give me a base and i could put the lash on it'd been great (laughs) well here's the thing it's like i always you know whenever i get my lashes don't have i always say just cut them i've cut yours before your outer corners that are like four inches long. (laughs) Yeah. Every time. In fact, I've done it before. Just cut them all the way. And I'm not saying I'm not advocating people to cut their lashes. I'm just saying I personally do it just to prove that it does not make a difference. No. And that's what I was saying. It's not so much that we're advocating. Hey guys, lash cast is all about cutting lashes. That's not what we're saying. (laughs) But at the same time, we're saying it's guys try, try something new. 
Think outside the box. Don't let just because someone said that you can't do this that stop you from trying. Like what would happen if you like you you cut the outside corners? Guess what? It'll grow back. It's, it's not, just like you're, it's you're just like eyebrows. You're, you cut your eyebrows. You're gonna come yeah, back. and it was actually easier to put an extension on your outer corner lashes when I trimmed your natural lashes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's forbidden. And that's so against for- the lash police. Yeah, that's bad news. So again, hopefully this is encouraging you guys to ask the question why. If there's one another big thing aside from having our own personal why is you should be asking why a lot. We'll make that the theme. Why? But yeah, you should always be asking why. That way you can begin. And by the way, I bet you most of the times the answer is going to be, well, that's what I was taught. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the answer. Uh, very, or it's going to be some really bizarre thing. For instance, like with Tussie, we asked this one person once, because when we glue the lashes or they take the adhesive and put it on, we put it down to the base and we attach the whole extension to the whole hair. And basically, we sometimes Tuss has a little extra glue and she will use this. <laughs> There'll be another big, oh no, she'll take the extra glue and dab it on the pad. Swipe and it. Just swipe, swipe the it. Just, glue. It, it, so it just gets a little less glue to make the right shape. So you're not putting big clumps on the eyes and all that. And we had someone say, oh, no, you can never do that. And Tessie's like, why? And she goes, the fumes. The, the fumes. The fumes will irritate the tissues, the delicate tissues of the eye. And then your answer was, oh, your next question was? Then? Well, if it's irritating the delicate tissue of the eye when it's farther away from the pad, why are we putting it? on the eyelash, which is way closer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's irritating on the pad. It's even more irritating when it's right on your lash, right next to your eyeball. So I think when you said that, that was like, oh. It's a light bulb oh, kind of went wait, off. Wait, why am I am doing Now, next thing they say, well, because it burns it's people. It's the fumes. This, yeah. that, if it's not burnt that, then it's, it's burning through paper. We won't go into that right now. That's a whole other issue. We'll talk about that. I think well, we did. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we have an episode where we just debunk myths the whole episode. So that was in that one. I forget which episode. But anyhow, then the last one, and this is probably – this actually we've talked about many times, and that's the lash allergy. That The idea in their industry right now is if you are allergic, you just aren't suited for lashes. Sorry, you got to do something else. And the truth is, no, there is a way you can continue to have lash extensions even if you're allergic. The bottom line is that there's a way that you can consult with all of your clients to educate them so what they have a plan of action in case they do wake up one day with swollen eyeballs. There's a plan for that. That's what it is. Exactly. What's so exciting is that when I set up my Yelp page out here in Nashville, mm-hmm. I have a little section that says something along the lines of like if you've had an allergic reaction to lashes before. Don't let that stop you. I have a protocol. Come see me. I had somebody reach out, like DM me on, on Yelp and ask about that. And I was like, yes, yes. Solution. You can still get lashes. (laughs) We had that quite often on the phone when someone would call in and they would, this happened a lot. They would be like, Oh, my lash stylist, they were bad. They, they, they got an infection. I got an infection. And I start (laughs) asking questions like, what what do you mean? Well, my eyes got swollen and puffy, and so I just Itchy. know it was a bad stylist. And I actually said, no, it's not. Actually, you're allergic to the glue. But know what? Good news. As I have a solution for you so that we can deal with that. 99.9% of the people, it works. There's a handful that we've seen over the years that haven't. To make it clear you're not diagnosing over the phone, it's no. what you mean is that it sounds like what it sounds you're telling like, me. I would say, yeah, it sounds like you have this. You're right. I would say yeah. for sure. Right. And plus, if you present the allergy afterwards, we'll send you to a doctor, and the doctor will will decide, make all the final calls on this. So that all said, but me just having that information all of a sudden made us the go-to place for people who have allergies. And that's what we want for all of you. We want you guys to be equipped with that information so that you are snagging those little fish that could be swimming away, you know, because they've had a bad experience. So go to episode six. 
and you will see us talk about if or we talk about a bunch of times, but episode six, I believe, has the probably the longest or the biggest part. And we also have Dr. Stout on mm-hmm. the episode where he talks about. So anyhow, guys, if you want to learn more about that, definitely check those out. And then make like Erica did, make that a selling point. You have a unique selling point now. Mm-hmm. If you can put it on your website, on your Yelp, that I can do. Even if you're allergic, I have a protocol for that. Or uh, ever been swollen? Ever having yeah. ever an itchy eyes right. after service? You know, it's great. I've got the answer. Next, I want to talk about some of our favorite moments we're going to also talk about um, our lessons that'll be the last part but right now because that's the meat of the talk but i want to talk real quick some of our favorite moments and our biggest favorite moment by far mm-hmm. was episode 29 when we had kelly love lashes on our show <laughs> we basically she if you guys didn't know or don't know about her now because it's been over a year it's about a year and a half since she came out of, of the into the last she's moment. a satire site yeah. i mean people look at that and they're like are, are you for, for real I mean, the stuff that she posts on there is so outrageously funny. She, yeah, she basically finds clips on YouTube, on Instagram, whatever, copies them and reposts them as her own work. They're horrible, by the way. Literally, she's using scotch tape. She's using duct tape. She's She gets shout- these pictures of people, I guess, doing lashes under the worst yeah. circumstances. Clusters. You know, the worst eye reactions, that kind of thing. And she's she's posing as a, she as a lash. It as her, like, yeah, as like her best work. Yes. And, <laughs> and she, she defends it, right? She oh makes and she belittles oh, yeah. people. Well, she's she making- attacks her clients and tells her clients horrible <laughs> names. She's making fun of the worst person, the worst artist in in it with customer service. The person who's doing it for all the wrong reasons that's who she's yeah. making the person who thinks they've figured it all out and are done learning right the very opposite of what we want and basically it's a satire page last funnies is really funny to the last stylist because you're laughing at things that clients do our kelly love lashes actually makes fun of ourselves yeah. attacks <laughs> us like those stylists out there that think they're doing great work and bragging about it, but really aren't that good and so when she first came out people didn't know it was a satire page i actually got DMs and emails and people like, I'm starting a petition to Can get you? Kelly off of Instagram. Yeah. Shut her down. Yeah. yeah. They, want to show, they thought she was destroying our industry. And I still think there's some people that are like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about her. She makes me too upset. And I get it. It is making fun of our industry. And for us, if you know us, we pretty much are we okay making laugh. fun of our industry. It's laugh, okay. You right? got to laugh at yourself. The best part about that episode, which we cannot gloss over, is your performance. Thank you. yes. I have a meltdown and I walk yes, out of the room. I know. <laughs> it's so, like, it's so like a it's part of the whole satire. Yeah, it really is. So what I thought right now, we're gonna right now go away to a short clip of it and then we'll get into our next episode. Just so you guys get a sneak peek of it. It's episode twenty nine. It's definitely worth listening. It's like twenty four minutes the first part, the, the the satire part, and then we come back and have her share a little bit behind the scenes. But so let's take a quick listen to this little section from Kelly Love Lashes. I can imagine the fill would be a lot more labor intensive because you're basically like having to dissolve take everything off. those kinds of things. Do you start over, I'm guessing, take, every time? Does it take more time then? No. Um, I just rip it off and I stick it back on because sometimes I don't have enough supplies. So it's kind of lopsided and I'll just take it off, put glue, and just it, it'll, it looks like a fresh set. Uh, okay. Is there something wrong? Well, no. I just, I just want to say in in, in like the, the the most uncertain terms, I, I think that the work is not is horrible and yeah, not just sort. I, I mean, it's, that's your it's, opinion. It's pathetic. So why do you keep doing it? Well, um, I mean, it's I only been one month. And work, yeah. honestly, I want to just lay down in my house and be in my room and not leave. 
So, and people wouldn't mind coming to my house because they come and they respond to the ad. Do you so, live like yeah, in a I very nice, do you live in a nice house? Because I can't imagine it coming, it sounds like you would live trailer. in a dump. You live in a trailer, of course, why not? No, but it's a nice trailer. It's yeah. not in the dump. And do you drink and, and slash, by the way? Maybe. Sometimes. Right, guys so hopefully you found that fun there's a lot more of that to go it's a, it's a crazy episode next i some of the other things we did that i was really proud of um during the quarantine the first quarantine we're actually in quarantine again right now back in california but that said back in march when we first shut down there were a lot of questions no one knew what to do right i think i had some friends who were last hours like i just went for two weeks and drank I just literally disappeared. I love them. And they, they were open about like, yeah, that was a horrible couple of weeks because it was a shock. We did not know, like, when am I going to work again? There was like, I mean, the government said two weeks, but I think all of us secretly knew China's been shut down for like two months. I know. You, really? We're going to be shut down just for two weeks? Come on. I don't buy that. And it ended up for in California, we've now been shut down for seven months of the year, that which is absolutely insane. So there's a lot of sca- fear and scared people were scared and so we really felt i just remember i don't remember where we were oh we were home because that's where everyone was and i just thought to myself we just need to be there for our, everyone we just need to do an episode as much as for as we can in fact at first i said we're going to do an episode every day i think our group was monday through friday every day we, we were doing instagram lives and they were recording those and putting them on our podcast and we even did um i think youtube uh, pages which you know Basically, no one follows our page. So it was like five people watch on YouTube. But that said, we did um, episodes 54 to 68, or just our, what I call our quarantine episodes. And we marked them as that because it really is kind of special. And I felt like it was just for us, the, one of the ways that we dealt with kind of the loss and the pain was just to talk about it and talk about our fears and try to find good things that are going on in the world. And try, It wasn't always lasted. It was more, a little no. bit more like a coping episode. We, we just wanted it to be a comfort for other people too. We did silly things like really dumb games crafts. We played games and stuff like that. Yeah. of the day or whatever it was. And it really was just trying to give people something to do because I knew everyone was at Sense home. Sense of normalcy again. Yeah. Something to listen to. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Another episode that was... <laughs> This one was a hard one, actually. It was episode 34, and whereas we share why we closed Integrity Lash. Oh, yeah. And that was a year and a half ago. Crazy. Uh, no, more than a year and a half ago now. Actually, you know what? That was actually such a special episode that just that means a lot to me personally. Yeah. I think that's one of my most shaping moments yeah. in life. Um, yeah. And shaping episodes. And I'll say what, Erica, I don't remember all the details, but I just remember for you, the affirmations you gave us in that episode were gifts. Like Aww. like a salve it was. to my soul, you know, to my heart. When you're bearing your pain to the world and saying, this is where we failed and this is where we screwed up and this was the mistakes we made and here are the lessons we learned because we share a lot of our lessons that we learned. You were just so kind and understanding and in, in, in the sense affirming us, like, you know, you guys aren't bad people. Mm, <laughs> yeah. That was like a cuddle. I mean, that was Aww. like a... We cuddled with Erica. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just beautiful. I mean, I was in all of it with you, you know, I was a staff member and overnight I was like Googling how to get a business license and I was in it in definitely a different way, but yeah. I saw your side so clearly and so closely. And I just 
Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just like love you guys so much. And I don't remember everything that I said, but I know that I stand by everything. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember walking away from that because we didn't script it. We weren't planning it. You just from the heart shared. And, you know, sometimes when you do something and we did make mistakes and we did okay. screw up. And so you do question yourself. You do go, well, maybe I'm not a good person. Maybe I, I really got quality of character issues that are really flawed that make me a bad business owner. And so maybe I deserve to be the things that happen. And, and while I do believe we did make mistakes and I don't think it was out of spite or out of evil intentions that we did the things that happened. It was just a lot of it was just naivete. Like we yeah. didn't know. You know. I'm so proud of that episode. I'm yeah. so proud of walking through that the way that we did and kind of doing it publicly and I'm very proud of that. And I'm happy, honestly, to be able to share that so with definitely, other Definitely, if you want to listen to it, it's one of our top episodes, actually, thirty episode 34. You get to really hear kind of our pain points. And we've shared a lesson to learn. We didn't want to come on gripe. It wasn't about us blaming people. It was about us hoping that anyone else that's in the last world running a salon, here are some things that hopefully avoid, don't do. Don't do these Definitely things, yeah. will be helpful. Another episode that I feel like is a pretty important episode was 72. And that's where we had Ashley from Last Aliexpress come on right after June when we had all the crazy with the riots with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and it was just really really stressful time like I didn't know anyone that wasn't like tense like what's next like we have COVID and now we have this scary time time to grieve because everyone knows there's a problem these things need to be addressed and so we thought we saw Ashley do a post actually she reposted this after putting it out earlier in the year but she reposted again where she shares you know at one point when she was in this industry she felt like she had to hide her identity to build her salon because she was black and maybe people will want to see her because she's black. Like women might think, you get know, the wrong idea, get the wrong idea, whatever. So like, and she was advised that some guy, I forget who it was, I think worked in business there said, yeah, you should not make people that shouldn't know who you are. Like you should keep your identity hidden. So it was really horrible stuff. And having her come on and talk about that and talk about the face of our industry, how our industry tends right now, even still today, I feel like still, is very white in the sense like most of the brands are owned by uh, white owners. And I think a lot of the marketing still skews that way and that we need to be more mindful to be more diverse in our marketing, more diverse in who we um, ask to speak, who, you know, get more voices, get more things that looks like America. So that was a really important episode. I'm really proud that we did that. Uh, We got a little bit of heat from a couple of people who felt like we were just trying to capitalize or promote ourselves through this, which that's not at all. If you know us, that's not how we're wired. It was, really because we saw a pain point and I thought guys everyone needs to talk about this I'm so sure that there the were front. other people struggling yeah so. I felt like if Ashley's struggling and open about it there's got to be other women out there who feel the same thing and they need to hear that they, there's, there's other people in the battle with them or they're fighting like them for the better world that we all want and so why not give Ashley that opportunity she's extremely kind extremely generous and really I think didn't say it out of just anger and spite but was trying to do something productive and, and helpful for other people so mm-hmm. I'm very proud that we did that another episode um, we'll just do a few more and then we'll get into our lessons and that is the Dr. Stout episode episode 78 that's a cool one actually I think we had him back on again we had an interview during the last con episodes yeah. so we, we had a couple with him I love those those are just really fun because you know you guys are always listening to it from me I wanted to you know bring the horse you know so that you hear it from the horse's mouth yeah Dr. Stout the <laughs> um, horse yes no he's, you know he's super smart and I wanted you I'm to smart. hear 
It's Martin, different way, dear. Okay, all right, thanks. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Dr. Stout, which I know, Erica, you always love Dr. Stout too, and all this stuff. Oh I mean, my gosh, he's the best. Yeah, he's he's great. So then we had two episodes with. I was excited because one of the things we had hoped for this last year is to bring new people into our conversation, not just last artists, because I feel like there's a lot of people already doing a good job of interviewing last artists, but we wanted to bring people from the greater beauty industry into our industry. Oh, yeah. And so we had actually, I think, three of the biggest names in the beauty industry come on our podcast. First was one Clayball. Mm -hmm. He came on. If you guys don't know him. He's the president of Paul Mitchell Schools. And co-founder and dean of Paul Mitchell Schools. And is one of the kindest, nicest people in the world. Literally just like so generous, so kind. He spoke and at so last so dynamic, con. so funny, yeah. so inspiring, so like right on. Total inspiration. I don't know if, Eric, if you got to see in last con, I don't know if you saw the last session with him. Did you get a chance to watch that? Oh, yeah. I watched it live, yeah. <laughs> he's had, we've seen that talk, similar to talk to that. He, he's updated, yeah. you know, like anything, you, you grow and you change things. I was just so glad he did that talk because it's one of the most inspirational ones I've heard in the beauty industry. And if you guys didn't, by the way, I'll do a quick plug. LashCon tickets are still there. You can go buy it and see the replay. All right, that's <laughs> not enough plugging. Uh, but yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Win clay ball. I went to Paul Mitchell for my esthetician license. That's right. That's right. You're an alumnus. Yeah. And I did the one in um, Pasadena and I got, so I met him there actually. He just is who he is in person, who he is in public. And I think that's like a rare, a thing to behold, you know, Mm -hmm. especially when you're a big name, like maybe you don't understand really in the beauty world, there's very few people bigger than him as far Mm -hmm. as recognition, as far as um, what he does for the industry. He's a big advocate and he's a philanthropist. Can't talk all of a sudden. Amazing guy. But that said, our next one was having Ted Gibson and Jason Bakke, his husband. And that was just a coup for us because basically we brought them on because in California with the lockdowns, basically salons were in August were saying, screw it. We're done. We're going to start opening up. We're tired of waiting. And Jason or Ted went and Jason went on publicly like on stage and made a big deal because they, they felt like they were – because Ted Gibson I might be the most expensive hairstylist in the world. Seriously, guys. He does all the A-listers like Angelina Jolie. He's $2,400 for a haircut. So here's the thing. It's like us in the lash industry, like I remember the first time I heard about him, everybody at the PB was like, oh my gosh, Ted Gibson this, Ted Gibson that. I'm like, who's this Ted Gibson? Yeah. And once I Googled it, I was like, oh my gosh. So the fact that we had them on um, yeah. to, sh- you know, they talked a little bit about their product uh, and, and they, they've got this amazing uh, concept salon, yeah. um, but also just, you know, defying the orders and just saying, hey, we need to work. That was a real success. No, it was great to have him on. And, and this is the guys where you, I guess a takeaway for you is sometimes when you think something's out of your scope, your reach, you just have to basically hope you reach out. The beauty of Instagram now is when there's someone that you want me or talk to, just DM them and you hope for the best. And what was great with them is that I didn't call them or reach out to them in a sense of saying, hey, I need you to do this for me. I wanted to give them a platform because they had, I seen them, they were in a couple of beauty magazines. uh, I mean, like industry magazines, modern salon, salon today and all that. And so I wanted, and I saw, I read their articles, I read their stuff and I said, wow, 
they want to get their message out. So I knew they had they, they had this voice. They had a mission. So I DM'd them and I said, hey, guys, I've been reading your stuff. Love what you're saying. Love what you're about. You're fighting for the beauty world. You're trying to help people survive and find a way to get there. And you're kind of taking the blunt um, you know, of it all because they, get, they got some hate. And they not a lot. And they, they definitely got fined by the state of California. And so they were kind of leaders. And so I said, you know, I think it would be great if you came on and you shared that with the last world. There are a lot of people that need to be encouraged, that need to know that there's people for them. And so you got, they came on our show. And because I gave them a pitch that appealed to them that said, you know what, you have something you need to say and we need to hear it. And so they came on. And so just so you out there, you're like, oh, I can't get this or I can't that. Sometimes you just got to go out there and ask. But think of it what's good for them. Think what do they need. Don't think what you need from them. Because I could have just approached them purely on the podcast logo. Hey, I need this from you. I need you on my show because it'll help me with my numbers or make me look great or you know or or be try to feign like it's you know that's important for them. But I really thought what they needed, and that, that's how I approached them, and that's how I pitched it. And they said, yeah. And they, they do it. So I was really excited that we got them both on the show, Jason and Ted. And, and hopefully one day, Tess will get do one of their lashes. That's what mm-hmm. her hopes are. <laughs> yeah. Then the last thing I want to give a shout out, and that's episodes 82 with Wynn Claybaugh, 84 with Ted Gibson and Jason Bakke. The last episodes to look at is last con, our last con preview that we just did, episodes 91 and 97. We have basically highlights from 2019. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, they are a must. Really, it's not Tess and I or Erica. It's all some of our best speakers from LashCon 2019 sharing amazing information that's going to help you if you're a solo or have a salon. It's great stuff. And I'm, we're just grateful when I reached out to all those people. I said, would you be willing that I put your talk on our podcast and basically give away all your stuff for free? They're like, mm-hmm. No big deal. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. No one gave you any pushback. So that was super cool. Okay. Real quick, just in case someone wants to know, what are your top episodes? What's the ones I need to listen to? And I'm going to give you our top three episodes, the most listens, most downloads. First, I think this one maybe goes without saying Kelly Love Lashes is number one. Yay, Kelly. (laughs) Number two. This one was actually surprised by, because I I mean, not surprised. Once I thought about it, no, not so surprised. And this is episode 43. And that is our interview with Cheryl Payne mm-hmm. from Untamed Artistry. People love her. Oh, Cheryl. She's great. She's so approachable. And we do too. We actually just had her on last week on our episode. So Cheryl's amazing, number two. And number three is the pros and cons of the Lash Industry, episode number one. Probably because everyone goes, well, I might as well start in the beginning. And then they go <laughs> to the first episode. And that is our third most listened to episode. So those three, go check them out. Number one, number four to three, number 29. And I think you'll see some of our, our best stuff going back to those. All right, let's go into some of the lessons learned. This is where I want to give you guys a bunch of you know quick little nuggets for you. If you've been uh, trying to figure out what to avoid, what not to do, well, we have been in the industry for 13, 14 years, whatever it's been now. Gosh, actually, no, I'm sorry, 15 years. Well, we got some nuggets for you. We got some good nuggets. And Erica, you can chime in. This Erica doesn't know any of these, but she may go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know what you mean about that one. Because a lot of these are things she watched us make mistakes on. <laughs> so, all right, first, our first lesson. When you're the boss, relationships will become more difficult. In fact, 
it's going to be very difficult. And this is when you hire staff. It's going to be difficult to measure who really is your friend. Well, we were talking about this before. And what happens is when you're the boss, it adds a level of complexity to the relationship that you have to navigate that you didn't have to before. And what I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when the, the fairy tales where the prince goes into the city and he doesn't really know if the people love him for him or because he's the prince, right? Um, it's kind of the same thing. When um, you're the boss, there is a, a power imbalance. There is there's a conflict of interest in terms of the person who that you're in a relationship with because they depend on you for their paycheck. Yeah. And so they can, it doesn't always mean that they can give you their honest opinion. And as the boss, you can be the captive audience and kind of like Michael Scott, you know what I mean? You, <laughs> when you think of the office, you know, oftentimes he's, he's dealing with them out of his needs, right? Instead of what's best for them as a, so all this to say is that sometimes it's more complex. Yeah, no, I think so. I, I was going to say, Michael Scott, I think is a perfect example because he used his team to meet his needs. Yeah. And that's just wrong. When you're the boss, you cannot do that. And I think Erica would see that probably at times we did that. We were too much needing approval and love from our team that we would, I think, cater to the team or do things. I mean, it's, it's okay to be kind and do nice stuff. Like we did fun stuff. We'd have an ice cream truck show up or we would take that's people fine. out to d- lunch. That's fine. But the- when you're doing it purely almost like a manipulation, like to get them, like I want them to like me. So I, like you have a difficult conversation and you avoid that difficult conversation because, well, if I say that, they won't like me. Yeah. And as the boss, you just have to remember that it's an extra pressure. And so it's almost, you have to be careful with your heart. You yeah. know, you have to be careful. Um, something very close to that is what basically I learned this as a boss, I had to learn to keep my opinions to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think I way too much. And you it would was just be pontificating and airing your, your, your thoughts. Yeah. Like you would like with normal, you like know, my like, friends, like friends, I'm hanging out right? with my friends and you're talking about stuff and you're like, I think this, well, I don't think that. And- but people would come to him and be like, he is so, I mean, they'd be upset about his, you know, his airing his feelings. And it's like, or what- I would diss their feelings. Someone would say something that I thought was maybe questionable, medically speaking, let's say, and they believe in something that I don't believe in. And I said, well, I don't know if that's quite right. It's like, shut up, yeah. you know, <laughs> sh- just sh- who cares? The point is, is that it's kind of like a general in the army. If a general makes a suggestion, everybody under order. him thinks it's an order. Yeah. It's a command. You know, I think lemons are the best. Oh, yep. Okay. Lemons for everybody. Is, you know, <laughs> well, let's eat lemons now. No. You never pick a lime. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no limes allowed here. No, but it really is. And that was for me. I saw, I remember listening to the podcast oh. when they said this, and I don't remember which one it was entree leadership. And the guy, you were talking about that. Yeah, when you make suggestions, as he it was a guy was in the military, he says he learned this. He says, when you make suggestions as a general captain to your crew or your troop, it's a command. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, you're right. When I come in the room and I like, someone says, I love ice cream. Like, I think ice cream sucks. I've just, told everyone no. in the room that ice cream's bad and they should never like ice that cream. That is actually a really big thing that you grew in because you used to just be pontificating and spouting off. And and I upset people. I don't know if Erica, yeah. did I ever do that to you? <laughs> Honestly, I can't remember. Good. I remember talking to other coworkers about, or I remember mm-hmm. them talking to me about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember that you... I don't ever think of you as like highly opinionated, but you weren't afraid to say your opinion. And I think that's where people, it's exactly what you guys are saying. And I think that's where people started, you know, they put their walls up because they yeah. think that 
they don't agree, like they can't ever say how they feel. And yeah. But, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a bad environment. It makes everyone want to keep things secret and not yeah, talk and like, or they talk in private to you or someone else to each other. Yeah, and that creates right. a more of a gossiping type of environment. But yep. also it's like a cluelessness, like exactly. I'm going to go back to the office with, with Michael Scott, you know, I mean, yeah. like everyone just kind of puts up with them. Right. Yeah. You basically have to be Switzerland. You have to be neutral. Yep. Completely. Yeah. Well, there's a line, right? You're in you're in management. You're a boss. You're in management. And then there's employees over here. They're not less because they're there, but it's a different environment. And you can't walk into that environment and treat them like they're fellow management and just say things like they're their friends. No, no. They, it's, it can be very discouraging and disheartening to hear your opinions on things. And why? That doesn't help your business grow. Mm-hmm. You're Now, it's one thing if you go out and they want to sit down with you and pick your brain and you, you're more like mentoring them as a person maybe, which we felt like we did some of that too. That's where you can grow that person and share things but when it comes to like in the salon and when you're working really everything needs to be positive from the boss everything has to be uplifting everything has to be encouraging yes you're gonna to have to hold people accountable yes you're gonna to have to have difficult conversations but if everything else is positive when you have those they're gonna know oh he always is for me he's trying to make this a better place not like he's against me or thinks my ideas are dumb yeah and that's i think what i had done at times i really think i communicated to people yeah. your idea is dumb yeah you did. <laughs> it's like you for sure did. Yeah. And then this also relates to that. Don't download in your team. You really do need to be positive all yeah. the time. I heard another podcast say this and I love this. And I heard this says, if you're the boss, if you're the manager, you need to be Santa Claus. Yep. Santa Claus doesn't get a bad day. You cannot on Christmas day, Christmas Eve, we just watched miracle on 34th street. You can't decide on Christmas Eve. Ah, screw you all, you guys. You guys haven't been grateful. Today's my day. I get to be a jerk. And no, Santa shows up. He's always jolly. He's always happy. He's always on point. You go to the store, you see him. It's a great experience with Santa, right? Your team looks to you as that too. They need that stability. They need that insurance. It doesn't matter if the, if everything's chaos. I'm not saying be Pollyanna and say everything's perfect, but they need to know that you have a plan and that you have a strategy and that you are hopeful that you're going to take your team through that difficult time, whatever, where it's COVID, where it's a walkout, whether it's financial difficulties, you can't come in the salon and go, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that stuff we did because we believe in transparency. We believe in being open. We thought, oh, we're going to be open. We're going to share everything. We're going to be so uh, like just easy to get to know because we love our team and we don't want, you know, I'm not saying lie and deceive and be like that. But at the same time, they so need that stability because if you come in and you're like, telling them all the details like well the landlord just raised our rent you know a thousand bucks and i'm gonna to have to cut someone from the team i just don't know who yet <laughs> it's like what did the boss just say you know, it's like or you only say that like oh that he just raised the money a thousand dollars i don't know how we're gonna make this work you maybe leave it really generic people are like he's gonna to have to lay someone off they start writing the story themselves. They start making up the, the second half because you let down your guard and you let the stress of the world leak out into the team. And I don't know if Erica, if you saw that you remember anything stands out for so, you. Yeah. And I think there's actually a difference because what you're describing sounds like the boss who comes in kind of with like a cloud over their head and every day is sort of like spilling something negative. You guys weren't like that. And I want to talk about the difference Mm. because I think people are doing this and they don't realize it Mm. and which I think you guys weren't realizing it. Mm. So most of the time you guys were happy, jolly, always lifting us up. And the times that you would be more transparent were maybe in like a staff meeting Mm. 
And you would say more details than you sh- like, you know, now. Yes. Hindsight. hindsight. When looking back, we realized that was too much to share because it caused too much like fear and question in staff's hearts. Yeah. And that's the difference. You can be transparent with your team, but you still have to be confident. It's kind of like parenting. You've got kids, right? Kids don't need to know every single specific detail of things that are are beyond their comprehension that can cause undue fear. Yeah, it just creates a lot of fear and anxiousness, and that's not your job. When you're a leader, you've signed up to be in a unique position. You've signed up to basically lead. And when you're leading, you can't be telling people, I don't know where I'm going. This is where before you, Erica, oh I literally gosh. at times, I would say, we don't know what we're doing. No, Help us figure it out. He, it was one of the very first holiday parties. He stood up and he says, you know what? I can't believe we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, and I thought we, I was trying to be, up. It was a certain sense of fake, not fake, but trying to be humble and say, we're just learning. We're trying, to, trying figure to be it authentic. Out. Authentic. You know? oh. And that doesn't inspire anyone. And that's no, when everyone was like, what? He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, yeah. Why am I signed up for this? Team? Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> and- that's true. I jumped on like right after you guys switched to team-based pay. And I think yes. like the coaching you'd already gotten, I definitely didn't <sighs> see that. Yeah. We had stopped doing that by 2015. I think it's when we were like, no more talk like that. Even if we don't know, we're going to go figure it out. We'll talk to smart yeah. people and we'll get some answers and then we'll, we'll go forward. And that's okay. That's where it's like, you need to have someone else maybe not in your company that you download and I wouldn't download another stylist I would find someone outside that you can like a coach a mentor well when Clayball calls it calls it a bitch buddy yeah bitch buddy <laughs> somebody that you bitch, bitch about your about. business yeah <laughs> not your managers no no no, no, no. no. so that also I think Eric you pointed out that was a good clarification now Another thing is ignorance is not a good defense. Mm-hmm. I think defense. we learned that we used to think, well, we didn't know better. We didn't know the law. We didn't know HR law. You know what? It doesn't matter. Doesn't You're matter. still going to get a lawsuit even if it you didn't know. Yeah. It was your job. It was your job. That's your job. It is your job to know. Exactly. Well, do you have a suggestion on what you can do to maybe ensure well, from Well, what with you don't all know? these things, as my next point would be you need to hire a business coach. Mm. If you want to go beyond a single practitioner and even a single practitioner, if you really want to speed up your growth rate, hiring a coach is a smart thing. Now what coach to hire? That's a different question because they're good coaches. There are bad coaches. I'm not going to say they're all it's just like, there's good last trainers, bad ones, good salons, bad salons, good stylists, so forth. And just as we'll give a little open, we're, we are moving that direction, guys. I know a lot of people have mentioned, Hey, are you ever going to do coaching? We are definitely going to do something. What's it going to look like? We don't know. And we'll hopefully have that in the next couple of months. But if you're interested in that, by the way, if you are interested, just email me. Just like, I didn't thought, think of this on the spot. Email me and say, I totally would love to know more about coaching or training with you guys. Cause we really do want to help people avoid the mistakes. We did do a lot of things right. We always talk about the negative stuff, but guys, we did build the, the top rated salon in Southern California. We did seven digits. We had a great team. We did so many things right, but we also made some really big errors and we want to help people to avoid that. But at the same time, we want to give you the things that will help you to grow so you can do something. So it's not us. There's other coaches out there that are like Tara Wall, Sheila Bella, or friends of ours who do coaching. It's a painful thing to be up the creek without a paddle, right? Yeah. Uh, so what what we're just saying is that coaching is like insurance for that. When we say you don't know what you don't know or, or not knowing is not the excuse, you still don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So you get a coach to help you with what you don't know. That's yeah. the insurance for that. And I think a lot of people think they know it all. 
Like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'll be fine. Like, no, 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 you really don't. And that's going to get you into trouble down the road. That's why you have a coach. Coach is going to do a bunch of things, but two of the big ones is going to give you a heads up and at least some sort of system because most of us don't have systems. Like, we've never built a business before. So they've done it. Hopefully, if they're a coach, they've done it. So they'll say, hey, here's a system. It worked for me. It's worked for these other people, and it'll work for you. So now you don't have to prevent the wheel. They're giving you the wheels to put on your car so it can roll. Then they will do the next best thing for you, and that will be hold you accountable. Too many of us wake up without any motivation for the day or direction. We don't know what to do. We're like, it's ah. kind of like being in quarantine, like yeah. right? You wake up, and you're like, today is just like it was yesterday, like it was the day before. <laughs> what day? Is it Sunday, Tuesday? I don't know. It's just another day at home. So right. it's just, there's it's, no accountability. There's no, there's nothing dry. demanding on you. And what's great about coach. And I did this for me when we had strategies, which was another great coaching company, especially of a team. I knew that every two weeks I had a phone call and I always had homework. I always had get this done. If I didn't have that homework yet done, I would have half the things I would have done. Our business would have grown slower. Um, we would have had less benefits for our team. We would have had less systems in place because when you're on your own, you just don't get things done as quick. You just kind of like, yeah, Netflix sounds kind of good tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe we'll do that next week. So basically, it just keeps your butt in gear yep. and because you're paying for it, you yeah. are going to make sure that you show up when yeah. you say you're going to. Amazingly, I, I actually remember talking to Daryl, our, our coach about it, and he'd be like, no, there's people that pay for this and do nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, you're paying eight, nine hundred dollars a month and you're doing nothing? So glad that you waste money like that. That said, for me, I was highly motivated when that we did that. So another one, this is one that Tuss brought up, is our identity is not wrapped up in our business success. Right. And it should be. Yeah. <laughs> when we closed, you know, also it just felt like a failure and I was surprised that I didn't fall apart, you know, and so thankful about that. And what I learned was that, yeah, it was painful. And yeah, I really had to reshuffle and and rebuild myself back up. But my my identity wasn't wrapped up in that. And I want to encourage people to find an anchor in, um, in, in something that is going to give you permanent peace, even if everything falls apart. If things don't go the way that you want them to, if health fails, if relationships fail, if finances fail, um, if the worst thing that could possible fail, fail, what do you have to turn to? And so my encouragement for us, it's our faith, um, our faith in in Christ. Um, and, and that, you know, that, that foundation really gave us something to fall back on. When we lost everything and we felt like failures, felt like losers, we still find our identity in Christ, meaning that we know that God loves us, he cares about us, and he has his best for us, and we know we have his promises from the word that lets us know that we can move forward with great confidence that tomorrow there's a new day and we have opportunity and we can do something with it. And, and then we could be right with God, you yeah. know? And so no matter what happens, even if, 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 if we've completely blown it. And so my encouragement is for, um, for you to find that too, to find that, that anchor that will be, um, a shield against the storm, um, to hold you fast when life is disappointing and makes you cry. Um, I want you to have the peace that transcends all understanding. What I think for me, the other thing to remember is what this is where your why kicks in. If you have a good why and it's bigger than your business, it's bigger yeah. than what you're trying to accomplish, that can help you work through mm-hmm. losses and such because the losses are coming. 
one way or another, no one in life is bad a hundred, a thousand. No one, a thousand is a baseball term, but I shouldn't use sports terms. Sorry. But a thousand, it means every time you came up the bat, you hit the ball and you got on base. No one has, you're going to have failures. Everyone I know in business has had major failures in their life. Who's been successful. And so that said, if you have a why though, you have something that drives you, that pushes you. It goes beyond that. So you don't just give up when things go bad. When things happen, you don't just like quit. Uh, COVID hit, so I just sat home and drank for eight months. No, COVID hit, and now I decided to go back and do something different. Like you think, like I think Brittany with her lash strips that she came up with, like designer lashes. Like she lost, you know, the business. She stopped training with Barbaletta. No money coming in, so she kind of was forced to think differently and do something new. And that's because she probably, you know, had some motivation, self motivation, something that was driving her behind all that. So for you guys. Just think, you know, whatever that is, find that for you. For us, it was our faith, but, you know, everyone else has their own anchor, I guess you could call it. I think that's a good way to look at it. So our identity was not wrapped up in our business success. Um, another big one, this will be quick because not all of you are hiring, but just if you ever are thinking about hiring, next to what you want, what problem you're trying to solve, because when you do business, if you become a salon owner or a business owner, you're always solving a problem, whether it's a product or it's a service. Those are your two options. I'm going to make a product that serves people. I'm going to make a, or I'm going to serve people with something like a training or coaching or, you know, whatever it is, or a service like lashes and so forth. You need to know who you're going to hire and you need to have a system and you need to be so careful. A big, a great saying is fire or hire slowly fire quick. It sounds cold. Sounds mean. I get it. But that's the point is this. You can't keep people around who aren't fitting into your slot and think you're going to fix it. If they're not working out, it's time to let them go. You're helping them, by the way. If you change your perception or perspective, when you let someone go who's in your business who's not working out, they're not happy, they're not liking it there, they're showing up late, they have a bad attitude, they're grimacing at you when they see you, whatever it is. You know what? You're helping them. Get them somewhere where they will be happy because they don't like working with you. So you're going to say, no, I'm going to free you up to find a job that you do like. And if you think of it that way, you're actually doing them a favor. You're helping them find that next step, that next journey, that next place that, where they might find that next place. that, Oh, my gosh, I, lashes weren't my job, but, man, I found out that I'm a photographer. And all of a sudden, that's my calling, and they're going to go on to do that. And who knows? So, I mean, I know, Erica, you saw us. with We struggled with letting people go. It was a pain. Actually, you saw the transition. I think, right, we were, like, long-suffering, long-suffering, and then we thought, that's enough. Our coaching was like, you got to let people go. You can't just hold on. You can't win over people who don't like being there, who are maybe not a good fit. And you, you, when you, fire, you hire the wrong person, by the way, it's your fault. The it's owner, not their, pro- that's not not their, their fault, not the employee's fault. fault. It's, the, it's the owner's fault. You saw a, you had a round peg and you tried to put a square peg, square peg in a round hole. You mixed up the things. You, you thought, rarely does an employee come in the company who wanted to be a bad employee. Very few people think that way. They want to be good employees. They want to make money. They want to be part of a good team. But usually something fails on the owner. The owner breaks trust. The owner doesn't deliver what they promise. Or the the rules change. Or the owner owner just overlooked all the warning flags because they were desperate to hire someone. They put them in the company. And then once the employee got past the the newness factor, like, holy crap, I don't want to be here. And you should just let them go. <laughs> so anyhow, I don't know if you had anything else to say to that. I know that for me, I go on for hours talking about employment or empl- hiring. What's the next thing? Next. All right. Being great at lashes doesn't mean you're going to be great at business. Mm-hmm. It's true. And it's I think true. that's a big one. I think a lot of people don't get it. They just think, you know, and I know for you, right, Tess, when you were blowing up back in like 12, 13 years ago and you were fully booked, you were working six days a week, 
8, 10, 12 people a day. And you were like, I am the most amazing last oh, artist I, in the world. Yeah, I just need, I'm so busy. I have such demand. I, I'm going to hire somebody else and it's going to be. Yeah, they're I so just, lucky it, to be with me. It's and... just going to automatically happen. You know, the, the the employee comes to you and like, what do you do? Uh, just, just do what I do. Yeah, you copy know? me and start doing last. Just shut up and leave me alone because I got a lot of people to take care of. I got people to take care of. You got to figure it out yourself. I yeah. mean, just. And that's not the way it, it works. I, the way I want you guys to think of it like this. You were a baby last artist at one point, and what did you do? You went and got training, you learned, you grew. Well, when you then decide to leave, let's say you start in a slum, and now you're going to go and work on your own. Guess what? You're a baby business owner, and guess what? You need to get training and coaching and read books, and you need to learn. And the same thing when you hire that first employee. Guess what? You're now not just a business owner. You are a leader. Mm-hmm. And when you're a leader, guess what? You're a baby leader. You don't know how to lead. You have no idea. No offense, guys. When you start, you don't know. So now you got to go back and learn, read, and get trained. So every stage, everything you go, you need to learn. You always have that open heart, the you know, open mind, that humility to say, you know what? I'm new at this. I need to learn. And that's where coaching comes in. That's where training, that's where reading books, listening to podcasts, so forth. So obviously you guys are listening to our podcast, so you already have at least some of that in your DNA. You realize you they need to be a learner. They absolutely do. Yeah, so. If you're listening to this, you absolutely, absolutely. do. Absolutely. So that's another thing. And again, uh, you know, we will hopefully be providing you guys some uh, solutions so that you might get some benefits from our years of training. Next, um, don't expect your team to care about your business as much as you. Mm-hmm. They just don't. It's your business. You, they can love your company. You have a great relationship. But at the end, don't expect – you're like, I'm going to work 100 hours and expect everyone behind you to be like, sure, we will too. No, I just that's, they're just not going to be there for you. They're, 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 you know, they're employees. And unless you say, you know what, everyone owns 20% of the company. We're all splitting up the company. Great. Then they might. Um, by the way, just a side note, even then, I had another company where there were four partners, and we had one partner that would not work. Did nothing, and we had to get rid of him. Do you hear the vitriol in his yeah. voice? Do you hear that? Oh, <laughs> you can still hear we it. We have meetings about what we do with this partner. He's doing nothing. It was a record label that we had started, and it's still around. La La Records. You want some cool soundtracks? Go check them out. Good company. Uh, but that said, yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's you, you got to realize that. You're going to be the hardest working in your company, and that's okay, by the way. Don't resent your team for that. You're the owner. Um, and last, oh, yeah, when you, um, <laughs> when you decide to finally be a slot owner and have staff, you're going, to, you're going to work harder, not less. Yeah. You're going to be working more. You're going to be more tired than you ever thought was possible. Yeah. Unless you've had a baby. Yeah. And then, then, and then you know, you you know what fatigue, fatigue is. Yeah. It's going to be like that kind of tired. Another one is when you build a, a commission salon, the clients will be loyal to your staff, not your company. Because when you're building a commission salon, you're building basically how many stylists do you have? Three stylists, five, six, eight stylists. They're all, each individually you're building a company within your company. That's right. That's absolutely right. And if you, no matter how close you are, yeah, no how matter how of are, a family yeah. you are, they are building their own businesses. And so when they leave, they'll take most of the clients with them. Which, by the way, if you build that model and you're okay with it, I've seen salons who are like, no, that's a model. That's okay. We get it. Fine. But if you're like, no, I want to build a salon where people are loyal to the company. Well, that's when you we say team look base at something else is the way to commission because you're not going to – it's like planting a watermelon seed and hoping you're going to get a peach tree. Yeah. What you plant is what you're going to grow. Another one, building systems is the only way to create consistent experience in a salon. 
So it's one thing when you work for yourself, but once you have a team and you have a bunch of moving pieces, you have to have systems. You have to have a way each guest is greeted. You have to have a way that lashes are done. You can't just, and I see this all the time or hear this all the time, we just hire people on the floor. I'm like, oh man, you're really risking creating a unique, a very different experiences if a client needs to see someone else. It's not going to be the same because one person does lashes this way, another does it this way, and you're going to end up having frustration and difficulty between clients i mean this happened when we there's no consistent brand yeah and you want if you want to build a consistent brand you need to have systems that help create that consistent experience so that's another one we talk about that in other episodes but that's something really that's a big one really right read the e-myth that's the book that really goes over that if you're going to have staff you need to be comfortable holding people accountable and confronting them kind of said that earlier that's a big one if you don't like confronting people you probably shouldn't hire people because the job of the boss is the lead and part of leading is holding people accountable. And if you don't do that job, you're going to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to avoid it and you're not going to be good at it. And you're going to become the boss that you said you never would be. Yeah. You know, you just won't even notice it. I mean, oh. Yeah. I mean, Allie shared this on her podcast and of uh, Last Anarchist. She had business around. She had staff, and she said she hated having to hold people accountable. Not fun. She was not something she enjoyed. It's the worst and, part. And it's something that I, I across the board, I've heard that from other salon owners. In fact, there's current say people are still salon owners and they're doing the job, and they, they probably shouldn't be salon owners. They should probably think about you know what? I should either go to the booth rental and just got, let everyone be their own boss, or I should maybe let everyone go. Let, Start their own thing, and I go be solo. I mean, for you, Tuss, being solo, yeah, been a good thing for you. You really, like, you really didn't like managing staff. It no, was not in it your was DNA. Not in my DNA. Not a strength. Um, you can still. Oh, this is big. I think this is our last one. We'll wrap up with our you know, our things we learned over the years. Here is you can quit something and still be successful. And I say that because. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people say quitters never, you know, successful people never quit, right? Like you always fight through it. You just, you grit, you don't quit because, you know, only losers quit. And the truth is there are times when the cards just, when they all played out and everything's done, the smoke is cleared and you just look at the mess that you've made and you're like, no, what? I wasn't cut out for this. It's okay. And that's okay. It's called learning, by the way, learning what you don't like to do. We had the same working with people on film. Like when we worked on a project together, we also learned not only we learned people that we want to work with again, but we also learned with people who we didn't want to work with again. Mm-hmm. And so that's the same thing with projects and jobs and, and new things like you open the salon. Like for us, open the salon was ended up being very painful and a hard loss. And Tusney really learned, you know, I'm not really enjoying the managing thing. And that's okay. I'm, I've learned that though. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that again. I'm mm-hmm. not going to become, look to manage a big staff again, you know, maybe run a business again, but we're not going to be doing that. And that's okay. So anyone out there right now that you're stuck in something, you're working hard and maybe you are thinking about quitting. I want to give you permission. It's okay. It's okay. If, Maybe your spouse, your loved ones, your family, everyone's saying, you know what, this, I've watched you for five years beat your head against the wall on this and it's not working for you. Maybe it's time to change and do something different. Like training, guys. No offense. I've, I've talked to a couple of people who've given up on training. They didn't realize how hard it is to get students with training. They just, students just don't knock on your door every day. Hey, I want to be trained by you. It's not going to happen. You have to be good at marketing. You have to be good uh, good trainer. Good, you have to be good uh, communication. You have to be available. You have to be like mentoring people. There's a lot of skills that maybe you didn't realize that just teaching people, training people, a lot of getting trained because it's like, oh, I get to make a lot of money. 
well, you, you, the money will get old, the travel will get old. You got to really like it and be good at it. So, uh, yeah, it's okay, guys. I'm just trying to give you permission. I know that's, I don't want to be discouraging here, but I know for some people, this might be the right time to call it quits on something. So, you got our blessing on that. So, anyhow, that's all this. That's some of our lessons we've learned. I don't know, Erica, if anything I said there got you, you know, anything else or. Yeah, I think like I have a lot less practical and more mindset things that I've learned. <laughs> well, tell I'll us. Yeah. Quick. Um, for me, it's really, I know Sheila Bella says this all the time, do it scared. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're never going to do it. Do it yeah. anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And so that has been big for me. And along with that, keeping your why at the forefront of all of your thoughts, I feel like do it scared and keeping my why at the forefront especially during quarantine has been like the, the biggest things that I've had to really be intentional about remembering. And it's, it's really hard to lose sight of that vision sometimes of, of why you're doing the things you're doing, because it's not always tangible. Your why isn't always tangible. Like, Mm -hmm. like I want to buy this car, you know, for me, like we want to buy a house that is very tangible, but, um, not forgetting those has been really big for me. And just like a cute little one that I feel like I deal with is I'm my own worst critic. Mm. And so I have to be gentle on myself and I have to remind myself, like I'm judging myself more than anybody else is going to judge me. So like, just calm down. (laughs) I think both you and Tuss struggle with this. You guys are both have this perfectionist side to you mm-hmm. where everything has to be right before you'll pull the trigger. And I, I, and I know that that's just, I mean, Tuss, we just talked about this today. Making decisions for Tuss is like painful to get her to finally commit to something. Cause she always thinks there's always something better. Well, that's why it's so hard for me to even pack. Right, hard, it's so hard because you got to decide which shoes, you got to decide which piece of jewelry. Oh my goodness! And like, I put it all out on the bed and then wait to the very last minute. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, and I know, Erica, for you, making decisions, building stuff, all this stuff. It's you, like choosing your you colors. You want the best. Right? You you really want, and when you do it, you have impeccable style. I mean, I love the stuff that you create, the way you do things, the way you think is amazing. But I also know it's your worst critic for you, and it, it makes you. Totally pull back and hold back and not move forward. And I, I think you're right. Doing it scared or, you know, another saying, I love action creates clarity. And I think with that, just doing stuff helps you begin to figure out what's working and what doesn't work. For sure. And you can pivot. You can change. Like you say, oh, I thought we we're going to do this. Oh, it's not working. Okay, I'll pivot. I'll do this now. But you wouldn't know that didn't work until you took that first step and just tried. And you found out, nope, no one cares. No one likes what we're doing. I mean, actually, it brings me back to one of our most I th- biggest fails. I forgot to bring this up. Our biggest fail, which we learned, but you pivot from it. And that is when we were at IBS and we did – a scavenger hunt. We okay. were so excited. We were like, oh, I know what we're going to do. We're going to do a scavenger hunt. This is our first year at IBS. It's 2018. We're going to have a booth for our podcast. People are going to come and see us, and we're going to do a live show, and there'll be tons of people So we had listening. a list of things that you had to do, Some pictures you had to get pictures. On Instagram. Of, you know, yeah, and and like four people did it. Like four people did it. And then we realized, oh, we need an audience because we, no no we need more than four people, right? At I least mean, we got 100% engagement. Yeah, this is back <laughs> in the days, like we had just started a podcast four or five months. We were probably getting, 
I don't know, a thousand people an episode, something like that. So it wasn't like there's a lot of people yet. And so for us, it was definitely humbling to go there and find out that no one cared and we failed. And, and then, but it was way, an we impetus learned. to learned. learn to do better programming. And guess what? Next year, we, we decide not to do a scavenger hunt. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it fails, right? And, sometimes and, you fall. And then we pivoted and we, uh, that next year we decided to partner with uh, Tara from Lastpreneur and we had Shelby from Last Boss Radio and we shared a booth together. And we saved money doing that. So it was a nice little pivot there, save money, yet and be more inclusive, get more people involved, create more excitement. So you just kind of change and you grow, and that's all good. All right, so what's the future hold for us, guys? Where, where are we heading? <laughs> and what's going to be going on next? We'll be wrapping us up here. First, I want to let people know that we're looking to move to having two episodes a week. And we're going to have a long form. We're going to have a short form. So one episode will be more like what we're doing today where we have like Erica come on and guest. And we'll talk about topics. We'll have other people outside the industry. We'll have other people like Wynn Claybaugh, you know, other um, beauty industry leaders as well as business people. Like we had Joey Coleman on. We want to continue to expand and try to have people that you don't normally get from the last world. But we also want to do this. And this is something for anyone. If you're a last brand trainer or you are an influencer in our industry and you listen to our podcast, this is going to be for you. We want to add well, almost, I don't know what to call you, but we'll just say for now the working title is called Last News. And that's going to be a, like a weekly, maybe five to 15 minute episode where we just talk about trends, what's going on, and share information. So, hey, there's a big deal. This company's announcing this product. This company's doing this. We heard this transition. This company's going out of business, not whatever it is. Here's a new product on yeah. the market. There's a new technology. Yeah, just kind of giving you the inside scoop what's going on. And so, but we're going to need our brands, our friends, our influencers to be coming to us with news stories. So it's almost like a news site gathering um, podcast where we're just trying to keep you guys informed so you know what's going on in the industry. So if you are listening or you're a brand, I have reached out to a lot of people. Hopefully starting time, sometime January, we will add that in as a new episode. It may just be me a lot where I just come on because Tuss is doing lashes and all this other stuff. So I may come on, just do a short episode sharing news. So wait, industry. I'm unclear. Are you asking people to yeah. send in news things? Yeah. Or are you asking people to be on a team that generates news? No, 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 no. Share, okay. <laughs> submit us stuff that's going on. If you're doing something special, if you're doing something If you something want people unique, to know about what you're doing. Yeah. Let now, us know. Now, I'm not just going to be on, hey, Jennifer of Blah 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 Lashes has a, a new training. That's not probably news. But if you're like, hey, this person has a four-week training program, that might be newsworthy. That's like, oh, that's a little different. That's unique. That's that's kind of interesting. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. So what you're saying is you're not guaranteeing that you're going to highlight every submission. No. But if, if something is noteworthy or newsworthy, yeah. it will. And the same thing I want to submit this to you because uh, people are more and more reaching out to us. Hey, I want to be in your podcast. I'm getting PR people, agents and some of that reaching out. Some of these people are interesting, uh, would be wonderful to have on the show. Some, I don't get why they're even reaching out to me. It has nothing to do with lashes. Nothing to do with business, nothing to do with beauty. They're just probably blankly emailing every podcast in the world. You mean hello, dear? Yeah, hello, dear. Someone from China reaching out to me saying, I want to you know, sell you tweezers. But that said, I want to tell you guys how to approach us. So two things about Lash News as well as want to be on our show. If you're interested in being on our show, let me tell you how or what we're looking for. 
Let me give you a couple examples. We over the last year we've had Mike and Shauna come on and talk about their virtual tra- training with Live Bay Lash. Why would I have them on? Because no one's ever offered virtual training before. It is so unique. It's so distinct. It's really cool that we got to have Mike and Shauna on talking about something totally radically new. Um, we also um, are going to have coming up after this episode Lana from Lux Uncut is going to be on our episode again, and she shares about her struggles with opening the salon. Great, successful lash artist. Very successful with um, running her own training program. And holy crap, here comes a salon. And holy crap, here comes COVID. And just, it's a pain in the butt. And she struggles and it's hard for her. And it doesn't come as easy as the other things did. And we really felt like it would be a great episode to have her share that perspective. Because a lot of people, in fact, most lash artists at one point want to have a team. Um, Another thing that we have coming up, and I'm really excited about this, is Ashley and Hakeem Gonzalez this is the first couple we've ever met where both of them do lashes. What? Yeah. A couple that does lashes. Together. I was so excited to interview them. Uh, and so they're going to be on in the coming weeks. We also, we haven't recorded this, but this is a new, this is exciting. I think it's newsworthy. Uh, Sandra Duarte from Lash Pro One, if you don't know, is leaving the industry. She's kind of packed up her bags, moved on to a new career. She's going to be on our episode and she's going to share why and what happened and where she's going. And I thought that's something, I mean, she literally, I, I've told her this, and I really believe this. There, no one was more influential than her in our industry. Mm-hmm. Everyone paid attention to what Sandra was doing. Yeah. Everyone wanted to know, what's Lash 4401 think about this issue? What she, where she's at? Literally, she built be, bigger than brands, bigger than Lash brands, these huge brands with all these employees. By herself, she was the leading authority in our industry, and she decided last year to just pack it up and move on. I mean, that's, that's pretty big to me. And so we definitely have her coming on in the, in the next couple of weeks, and she's going to share her story, what's going on, what's her future, and hopefully it'll be encouraging you guys because that's someone who's pivoted. So that's someone who's doing something, said, you know what? I'm going to move on. I'm going to do something totally new. And I think that's really cool. I, there's no shame in that. I think it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to have her on. So that's the type of stuff we're looking for. If you're sitting there going, oh, I th- I'm just a great last I'd like to be on your episode. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, but that's there's no story there. You gotta give me something. So pitch me a story. I, I sound like a movie studio now. Come to me, say I got the story. I got this angle. I got this thing that's really cool. Scoop. I got something very unique that I do or that I'm offering that I think the world should hear about. And that's when you'll either make it on our news or maybe you'll be a guest on our show. Or maybe you'll find your voice. Yeah. And then, you know, by the way, don't take it personal if I say no. I'm learning to say no. It's been hard for me in the past to say no. I've said yes almost, I think, to everything. And now I'm learning to say, you know what? I, I think you're great, but that's not really what we're looking for. I wish you well. And that's okay, too. Don't take it personally. Um, we are trying to serve our community, and not everything on the planet can serve our community. There has to be boundaries. There has to be expectations. And we have to say no to some things. So don't take it. Um, the same things happen with LashCon. Some people come to me, I want to speak. I should speak. I mean, no, I don't think so. Not this year. Maybe next year or another year, but not this year. And people get – I've been – I've gotten hate for that, too. But you know, don't hate me if I, I say no. You – Probably an amazing person, just not for this episode or for the show right now. Um, so last, what uh, what do we have coming up, guys? We want to share what we're going to be doing. I'll let Erica share a little bit too what she's working on. We have one thing we want to announce, and if you're hanging in there, listen, I appreciate you guys hanging around for this. Hopefully it's been useful. I, I shared, I think, a lot of cool stuff. But we want to announce or start a new program. We have a lot of things that we're not going to talk about, but the one thing we definitely want to start, and we don't even have a name for it, but we'll just call it our last uh, focus group, last community or last ambassador program. I don't know what to call it, but what we want to get is a monthly 
or a group of lash artists who are passionate about lashes, who are just uber nerds about this and just read, eat, and sleep lashes. And we want to invite you to be in community with us. We need to have a selective group of people who we can get feedback from. One of the things I spend way too much doing is probably two hours minimum a day on Instagram reading um, posts, re- watching. I listen to almost every podcast out there that does lashes. I'm always consuming because I want to know what's going on. I want to see what you guys are doing. I want to be on top of things. I don't want to be like talking about something. And I was like, Paul, that's so 1990. Um, actually, lashes weren't around, but whatever it is, that's 2018. I want us to be relevant and all that. So I need your, we need your help. We need you guys to come and help us be relevant, make sure we're meeting needs, to hear what's going on in the industry. So we're going to start this group. And right now, I'm I haven't done it, but next day I'm going to create it. So by the time you hear this podcast, you will see it. It's going to be a link on our Instagram. And I will also, well, what it is, is you will submit a form. And it's almost like an application to be part of this. So it'll be just asking you who you are, how you've been doing lashes, what you've been certified, or how, you know, why do you do lashes? It'll just be a bunch of questions asking you about you. So we get to know you a little bit. And then we are going to basically, I don't know how many people in this group will be, but it will be once a month. Uh, via zoom and we're just going to talk shop it's going to be fun it can be about technique it can be about clients it can be about problem solving it can be about business it can be about complaints from the person down the street it can be broad strokes things uh, about that you see in the industry fears whatever yeah whatever comes up for you yeah it's gonna be your way you're gonna help us shape what we talk about what we deal with what problems we're trying to solve because i'm i'd be honest i can't I, i have to focus more on creating content now I can't spend as much time consuming content as much as I love doing it. It's just not as productive. It doesn't serve you or community as well. If all I'm doing all day for three, four hours a day is reading and, and, and listening. So it's, you know, so if you have a voice, if you yeah. have been, you've, you have a story to tell, or you have um, something, uh, a viewpoint you'd like to share. Um, this is the group for you. You know, I will say you need to have experienced. If you've been doing lashes for a few months, no offense, love you, but you just haven't been around long enough to know, really anything that's going on in our industry, you're really a, a baby and you're learning, that's great. And now I'm not going to give an exact time line, like, but I'll say at least minimum a year, maybe in a couple of years you've been doing lashes because I want people who've been around enough that they've seen a few things, experienced a few things, have tried a few things and are interacting. You, can't, you have to be active in the community. You can't just be hiding away from the world, doing your lashes by yourself. You have to be involved. You're listening to podcasts. You're going into forums. You're talking to people. You're, 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 you're engaging. Yeah. You're engaging. If you're doing that, you'd be someone that we definitely want to know. So we'll have that form up. It'll be a link in the bio. Or you, if you want to email me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com, I'll email you the link and you can fill out that form. Promise I can't get everyone in, but we'll pick a group and then that'll be it. And we'll see where we'll go. And maybe it'll be once a year, we'll open the doors. It's not, it's free guys. And it's not coaching. We have another programs that will be coming out in the future where you'll be you know, help you'll be services that you can buy and stuff. But this is more, you're helping us and we are helping us be part of a community, almost like a think tank where we're just wrestling with ideas and concepts and things that need to be addressed and how we can help our industry. And once a month, and we also ask that you commit to like 10 out of 12 months. So obviously some months you might miss something. And but where if you can miss, they find this application? It'll be a link in our bio on Instagram, or like I said, email me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com. And then last guys, we just have a lot of cool stuff coming up where it's coaching, some event stuff. 
Um, we're looking at some awards ideas, webinars. We have a lot of cool stuff we're working. In fact, the next couple months, we may be a little more low-key on Instagram, a little more low-key on YouTube, but we're going to come back roaring. Um, really excited because we really want to give you guys stuff that helps you with your business and helps you go to the next level. So that's what we're up to. Erica, anything you want to share? I know you've been changing and kind of evolving yourself. Yeah. Um, so I have a few things that I've been working on that I will be working on. Um, I've basically finished my lash training program. Um, so that is available now. I'm going to be adding different aspects to it, but for the most part that's done. Um, I've gotten to train a few people and it's gone really well. I'm just so excited about it. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's been great. And then I will be releasing soon my beyond editing course, which is all about editing lash photos. Mm. Um, and that I'm, I just, I like geek out over that. Yeah, and I would say that's your, that's your wheelhouse doing that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I love it so much. So I'm going to be releasing that soon. And then, um, kind of on the side, I'm actually consulting with a, uh, product based lash company and I'm building a training for them, which will serve the greater beauty industry kind of at large. So I can't say anything else about that, but that is really exciting. I'm, I'm super excited about that. When can you talk about that? <laughs> I, oh, when? Uh, how when? Oh, I don't know. February, February, maybe. Okay. okay. Good. That's Good. awesome. <laughs> we'll check back in with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then not related, related to the beauty world still, but, um, a few of you have seen it on my Instagram, but I recently partnered with a luxury hair, skin and wellness company. And within that, I am building a team, um, of people who want to join that I can mentor. It's not lash mentoring, but it is in a different way, kind of more personal development leadership based. And what's that? Uh, what? And what's that? What is it? Yeah. Can you tell? Oh yeah. Well, the company is called Monate and, um, they have one of the, the most amazing structure, amazingly structured programs for building teams and leadership and like compensation programs that I've ever seen. They're kind of changing the game on, on how this industry works. And so I'm super excited about that. Um, so yeah, so those are kind of all the things. And, you know, I always have like a million ideas floating in my head. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where you can, a lot of that stuff you'll see on your Instagram. So your Instagram that they can go find it and see. Well, most of you know, I think, but it's, it's just Reverie Beauty Co now. So it's Reverie mm-hmm. is R E V E R I E. So Reverie Beauty Co go there. You can see more of the stuff that she's doing and, you know, and hopefully uh, jump on in. I'm sure she wouldn't mind. So that would be good for you. So thanks guys. Thank you for you two hanging out with us. I'm with me, I should say, and everyone else on the listening audience. Thank you guys. We really appreciate you guys. We love all of you. We do this because we love our industry and we're trying to help raise the bar, encourage others. You are not alone. We want to be your friends in the industry. That's really where our heart is. We want to help you feel free to, just pursue your dreams and achieve those dreams. And if we can empower you and give you skills and tips and ideas and inspiration to do that encouragement, encouragement, then that we've done our job and we can go home very proud and happy with the work we do. I, I mean, we've been doing this for three years. It's I'm super jazzed to be honest. I'm just so proud that we've been doing this for three years. It's not easy. I've seen a lot of people start podcasting, quit podcasting, start doing Instagram, quit Instagram influencing. It's not easy. It's a, it is a grind. There is a joy 
joy that comes from doing good work, but at the same time, there it's, it's it comes that it's just work. The idea that do what you love and you'll never work in a day in your life is a lie. Um, there's always going to be work in the midst of even the things you love, things that you don't love doing. You're just like editing a podcast isn't the most fun thing in the world, guys. Just heads up in case you decide to start a podcast. Hire someone eventually. But that said, you know we're just really grateful. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Hopefully, we're going to continue to grow this and get more things for you that take care of you and give you the things you need. Otherwise, God bless, and uh, we'll see you again on our next episode soon. And that wraps it up, guys. Thank you so much for hanging in and thank you for tuning in every week. Listen to our podcast. It means the world is an honor and a privilege for us to do this. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last nerd, Tusney, as well as our longtime friend, Erica, I want to say thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. Remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.